is up, friends? This is Ashley with Daily Encouragement. I hope you guys are having a good week so far. Well, it's the beginning of the week, isn't it? So I hope you are going to have a great week. I hope you guys are going to wake up today expecting God to do things in your life. Isn't that what the psalm says? I think it's like Psalm 5. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, Lord, I present my request to you and wait in expectation. Amen, you guys. Let's wait in expectation. Let's expect God to show up today. Let's expect that God is listening to us and he hears us. You know, let's let's start owning those things that we read. And if we don't, you know, you guys ever read a verse or sang a song in church where the lyrics were higher than your own heart? You guys get what I'm saying? You sing something and you're like, man, Lord, I don't think I'm there, right? But you're like, I wanna be. So that's okay, you guys, spiritually, being real, like, Lord, I acknowledge the fact that, you know, my heart is not where I want it to be, or I'm not always believing you or trusting you, Lord, but I want that to be true. Let that be your expectation that God's going to make it true in you. So you guys, let's wait in expectation today. So, um, it is, I'm trying to think where I'm at, guys, because I know I'm two weeks into the podcast today. Oh my gosh, today's February 3rd already. Um, Yeah. Well, by the time you guys hear this episode, though, I think it's going to be February 17th. So, yes, it will be. Today, we're going to be talking about the victim triangle, the drama triangle, you guys. Have you ever heard of that? The very first time I ever read about it was in a codependency book I was reading. We're going to talk about that today, you guys. I think it's really relevant as far as, far as the healing process. You have to understand what point of view you're operating from as a person. You know, are you operating from a a victim, a rescuer, or a persecutor. And you guys, I know how humbling it is when you see these things in yourself, but God gives grace to the humble. So I'm not afraid to face things like this about myself because I know that that's where the freedom is. It's like, what shame is there to to put your own mirror on you? Seriously. I mean, come on. You guys ever like, like for real look in the mirror and you're like, wow, I wish somebody would have told me that was on my, like that was on my teeth or that was in my hair or that was on my face, right? So get comfortable with scrutinizing yourself, right? Because a lot of times people don't have enough courage to even tell you those things. So it's like, if you get comfortable seeing those things within yourself first, then you're not gonna be like super embarrassed, you know, in that way, you guys get what I mean? So get comfortable with looking at yourself in the mirror. That's the only mirror that you can look at anyway. That's the fruit of the spirit of self-control. So asking God to give you the courage to do that, you guys. So we've been talking about, let's see, last couple, last couple weeks, what judgment is. Um, oh no, that was the second week. That was last week. We talked about, um, judgment, condemnation. Um, so that was, that was pretty good. Right guys. Let me go back. Let me back up a little bit. Yeah. We talked about condemnation and shame. Um, you know, all those things, which I think is really important. You guys, I didn't know what any of that stuff was. And then we're talking about this week, uh, last week. Then we talked about schemas. What is the schema? And then, um, Kind of dove into those a little bit and then i shared with you guys like how the struggle is real um i know these things are not easy you guys um it has not been easy for me i'm still um growing and developing and healing as a person in different areas of my life but i've gotten to a place in my life where i can at least share a process with you guys like i said it's not going to be perfect but at least give you guys a starting point for me you know we're all gonna have something to offer and give value no matter where we're at so don't ever compare yourself to other people or thinking you need to be here or there to be qualified to share the grace of god in your life you're qualified today you know the very fact that you woke up um 
you know, and that you're still here. God has a plan. God has grace for you and God wants to heal you. So just acknowledge those, acknowledging those things. So anyway, guys, I don't want to bunny trail too much or whatever, but today we're going to be talking about, like I said, the victim triangle. We're going to talk about the different roles that that plays. And then we're going to talk about, um, I think tomorrow or the next day, depending on how far I get today, um, it really shouldn't take that long. Tomorrow we should be able to talk about the empowerment triangle and kind of knowing the perspective and the role you can take on that, you guys, um, and really share with you guys how to get from one to the other, okay? So let's talk about the victim triangle. But before we do that, you guys, let's go ahead and pray really fast and um, just ask the Lord to be in this space with us and give us the grace that we need to, you know, be able to just evaluate ourselves, you know, objectively and um, ask God to give us the, the wisdom, the courage, the grace, the love that we need to uh, break out of this cycle, you guys. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, that you know, you've made so many people around us aware of these things, God, things that we have not been aware of, people that have been healed um, in different areas of their life, Lord. And I just see these common themes of people who have been healed and are able to share it with us in their books and stuff, God. Lord, give us the courage we need to face ourselves in this way, to get the healing that these people have, that will continue to seek it, that everyone on this podcast will seek it, Lord. The healing that I have been seeking, God, and you've poured into my life that I would love for other people to have as well. Lord, um, please speak to us today. Um, please help us to have the grace we need to see if, you know, we are stuck in a victim mentality and a victim drama triangle, as we're going to be talking about today, Lord. Um, if we are, help us, Lord, not to remain victims, but to look at it objectively and say, you know, I could see where, why and how I fell into that. Lord, give us awareness, God, to how those patterns were created in our life. Lord, you know the soil of our lives. You know the things we've been through. So help us to bring to mind those things that that shaped us, those memories, Lord. And when you bring those things to mind, let us not be afraid to face it, Lord. Let us not be afraid to face the truth of ourselves, the truth of the things that formed us and shaped us so we can get the healing we want, God, um, because we know we can have it in you, Lord. And so, Lord, we know that we're supposed to willing to do, we're supposed to be empowered, we're supposed to be taking full responsibility for our lives. Um, Lord, we're not responsible for what people do to us, but we're responsible how we respond to them in that way as far as um, what we're gonna choose to do with those things. So, Lord, give us the courage we need to, um, be responsible to take action in our life, take responsibility and just to uh, to grow and heal and let your grace pour out of our lives, God, to be a testimony to others and to um, be a source of healing, God, for the world. So we love you, Lord. We thank you for this day. Pray that you will bless this podcast and bless everyone listening to it. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. All right, friends. So we're already seven minutes into it. Let me jump into this thing. So I was reading a really amazing book last summer. Um, it was called Codependent No More. How to Stop Controlling Others and Start Caring for Yourself by Melody uh, Beattie. M-E-L-O-D-Y. So Melody Beattie. B-E-A-T-T-I-E. Codependent no more. Um, I, I, I shared with you guys basically how that was developed in my life and how I started to recognize the negative effects it was having. And uh, I was like, you know what, Lord? I don't want to you know, make people feel like they're disempowered in that way. You know, by me taking responsibility for people with not asking permission. And, uh, you know, not that I need to take responsibility for people, but you guys get what I mean. I would give advice without asking permission, right? People would never ask me for advice. I would just give it to them so freely. And I realized that that was wreaking havoc on my relationships and it was wreaking havoc on me because I was stressing about people and problems that were not mine to begin with. And so I, I was completely out of my lane. And then when I was in the church, that whole mentality of die to yourself, uh, live for others, that reinforced 
the bondage I was in because we were told not to live for ourselves. We're told not to pay attention to ourselves and our emotions. That's what we're taught. And so I wasn't paying attention to the burdens I was feeling, to the stress, to the anxiety, to the emotional turmoil I was in with living that way, feeling completely out of control in my life, you know, wanting to do certain things with my life, but not doing it because I was so afraid of it being judged by other people. You know, just so many things, you guys, this is a loaded thing, but I started realizing how you know, me taking over responsibility for people and doing things for them that I had no business doing, it was causing a lot of stress and uh, I needed some boundaries in my life. And so anyway, um, I started reading this book and she shared a part of it, you know, part of the process called Remove the Victim. That was the name of the chapter. And she was kind of walking us through her journey a little bit. And she was, um, I think it was like with her counselor or somebody, she was asking him some questions. Um, she goes, what is one thing codependents do over and over? What is it that keeps us feeling so bad? And then uh, he goes, codependents are caretakers, rescuers. They rescue, then they persecute, then they end up victimized. Study the Cartman drama triangle, he said. The Cartman drama triangle and the accompanying, ro accompanying roles of rescuer, persecutor, and victim are the work and observation of Stephen B. Cartman. So I was like, wow, I'd never heard of that before, the drama triangle. So I kind of started diving into it a little bit. Well, when I was taking my life coaching course, you guys, on Udemy, I think it's pronounced, I don't know, I always used to call it Udemy. <clears throat> anyway, from Kane Ramsey, it was a life coaching course that I had taken, and he brought up this whole uh, victim triangle thing again, and I was like, man, Lord, this is relevant. This, this must have some truth to it, because I keep seeing this over and over again. And I see it in society, I see it in myself, you know? feeling like rescue because I was very much the rescue, rescuer, you guys. And then um, when my rescuing wasn't appreciated or, you know, I was feeling frustrated, they weren't heeding my advice, then I would turn into the victim. And then I would turn into the persecutor, you know, and start attacking the person I was helping because I was frustrated. I was like, what the heck? You know, why do we keep having this conversation? Why do you keep talking to me about this, right? And I would, I would turn into the persecutor. I played all three roles, you guys. I've been the victim after I was the rescuer. Let me help you. Let me solve your problems. Let me fix everything. Let me give you all this advice. Let me do this. Let me do that. And I did that. And then when the person that I was rescuing wasn't heeding, then I was feeling like a victim. Yeah, they never listened to me. You know, da 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 da. And then I would write right over the persecutor, just being angry and frustrated and, you know, re overreacting to that instead of just realizing, you know what, Ashley? Some of these things you're stressed about are not your responsibility. This person never asked you for advice, so you should not be giving it. Um, I never had any boundaries. I would give anybody my time as much time as they demanded. Are you guys like that at all? Have you guys ever sat on the phone with somebody for like three hours at a time? I've done it. I've done it with many people over the years. Just sitting on the phone for hours and hours and hours, listening, talking, trying to understand. And you know, not forgetting the fact that I've got my I've got my own things that are going on in my life. You know, I've got my children and, and what we're doing and I've got my home to take care of and dinner to cook and things to do. I've got my own priorities as everyone else does. And I was giving away of a lot of myself, you know, and then and that was the other thing when I would give advice and they wouldn't heed to it. I would get frustrated. I, I you know, I would sit on the phone with them and talk to them and they don't listen and 
you know, oh, woe is me, right? Just falling right back into it, you guys. Can you guys relate to me in any type of way? So as far as the triangle goes, right? So it's an inverted triangle. So the victim is down at the apex of the triangle, okay? It's down at the bottom and it's the victim. And so you've got the rescuer in the top left corner, the persecutor in the top right corner, and then the victim is down at the bottom. And in this life coaching course, Kane was saying that this is the, the cycle of social dependency, right? You know, you've got your rescuers, your victims, and your persecutors. And that is how people stay in slippery, you know, when you think about it, right? And so, you know, um, at, you know, so what's the victim, you guys? Let's, let's talk about that. You know, they have this mentality of I'm broken. I need to be fixed. You know, someone needs to heal me. Uh, your well-being is dependent on someone else. Um, you're insecure. You're not grounded in your self-worth. Okay. Um, yeah, it's that whole, it's that whole woe is me. You know, I do everything for everybody and, and they don't help and they don't listen. And, you know, just sort of that, just like, like I said, the woe is me mentality. All right. And, uh, oh, that's the other thing that they, they tend to do like real extreme cases of victim. Um, they make excuses. It was them. It was her. It was your mother, father, husband, wife, children, right? You're very, very much blaming. It's everyone else. Now, granted, as I've shared with you guys before, the things that you struggle with right now, the different beliefs that you have that aren't serving you, they were formed in your childhood. However, at what point do you decide, you know what? I didn't have any choice, right? But I can choose to heal and not live in that anymore, right? But anyway, that's the whole deal with the victim. They see they're blamers. It's everyone else's problem. If you give them advice, because I was really good at giving advice, you guys, the victim won't make an excuse. No, that'll never happen. Nope. There's always this. They always see a way that things can't be fixed or can't be healed or can't be changed or can't be transformed. There's never a solution to a problem. There's always a problem. All right. So that's that's the mind of the victim. Then you've got the rescuer, the hero. Okay. Now, as I shared with you guys, that was very much me and my mentality. I did not realize I was a rescuer. I did not realize how codependency had taken over my life um, and really was wreaking havoc on it. I had no idea. I was not aware of any of this. You guys, some of the definitions I had of codependency was completely off base, not even in line with what it really meant. I thought codependency was just being dependent on somebody else. You know, which it is true to a degree, but it wasn't, you know, there's supposed to be interdependence. It means that you both know your value and your role. You both know your worth, but you both also understand that each person has something you don't have, right? So you're not dependent. Your well-being isn't dependent upon somebody else, but they might have a skill or a perspective or, you know, if you're building something together, right? A project, you know, think about the, think about the human body, right? The heart knows its role. The liver knows its role but it knows that it needs each other in that way, right? And as people, we are, we're supposed to operate that way too. You know your worth, you know your character, you know which, the value that you add, but you don't add all the value, right? You're not the only person that God created. We're not God, right? God has all value. His, his, his reputation is to be exalted above all reputations, right? He's, he's, uh, he's all knowing, he's all powerful. He knows everything we don't know. We're just, we are just, how would you say this, you guys? like splinters of God's, you know, massive glory, right? We are, uh, you know, just pieces of that. And we're all uniquely represent him in that type of way, but we do it individually and we don't 
And as we come together, we see God in his wholeness in that way because we're made in his image, but not one person represents all of God's glory. And that's not the way God designed us, right? We're, very, we're, we're born very um, dependent and needing things outside of ourselves that we cannot give ourselves, especially when we're born, right? So anyway, you guys, I digress. So the rescuer, right? Um, unintentionally sees the person as not responsible, okay? As I said, that was something I did in my life. That was completely unintentional. I would, as I said, when I was growing up, you know, when I was trying to solve my own problems, that wasn't honored in my family. That stressed my family out just by me talking to people about the issues we were having. So I had to get a little more creative in dealing with the internal stress I was having. And so I would, you know, just say, okay, well, if I can't solve my own problems my own way because it's stressing you out and it's going to cause me further stress. Maybe I'll just start helping you. So I would talk to my parents about what was going on with them. I would ask them questions. I was very just intuitive and, um, interested in what was going on with them so I could understand. And so I did that starting at five years old. And so I started to help them and understand them and solve their problems so I could try to get some peace in my life. Now, it was not my responsibility to do that, but that's what I did. And I took that mentality into all my relationships with people. And so, and also for some reason, because I was always in this mindset of, you know, helping people in that way, not even paying attention, you know, um, I was finding myself in all kinds of relationships that weren't healthy, you know, but I just didn't even, I didn't even realize it. Anyway, you guys, so the whole thing with the rescue, right? They, um, they see people as not responsible, right? They, they unintentionally too, like I said, it's not on purpose, but they just think that, you know, um, they don't have, have the ability to solve their own problems. You know, I didn't think they did because they never asked. <laughs> they never asked for solutions to their problems. My parents never did. They never sought out any solutions to their problems. So I'm like, well, someone's gotta fix this. Someone has to take care of this situation. So I'll do it. So um, I didn't have anybody in my life that was actually asking me for advice um, because they weren't taught to ask. I wasn't taught to ask. I just went ahead and did it. So that caused that caused lots of tension for me, you guys. And so uh, what are a couple other things we can add about the, the rescue? So I'm going to give you guys a list really fast that was in this book, Codependent No More. She's like, okay, what is a rescue? And I think this is really important, especially if you're a Christian in the Christian community. Um, I think Christians got to be really careful with this, that we don't rescue people, right? That we don't see people as victims or one down or whatever. Because as this, as this drama triangle is sort of inverted, the, the victim's down at the very bottom. And then you've got the rescuer up at the top corner, top left, and then the persecutor is, uh, you know, kind of parallel to them. And you've got the, the persecutor over there. So this victim sees both the persecutor above them as well as the rescuer, right? And so um, if you're a rescuer in the church, you got to be careful that you don't see people as the victim, right? But anyway, um, and I'm sure we'll get into this more. So let's talk about what is a rescue. So she goes, we rescue anytime we take responsibility for another human being, for that person's thoughts, feelings, decisions, behaviors, growth, well-being, problems or destiny 
the following acts constitute a rescuing or caretaking move. You guys, so this is all from Codependent No More. You guys check out the book if you um, can see yourself in this. You guys, I totally have. So that's why I'm, I'm sharing it with you. Um, so doing something we really don't want to do. Saying yes when we mean no. Doing something for someone, although that person is capable and should be doing it for him or herself. Meeting people's needs without being asked and before we've agreed to do so. Doing more than a fair share of work after our help is requested. Consistently giving more than we receive in a particular situation. Fixing people's feelings. Doing people's thinking for them. Speaking for another person. Suffering people's consequences for them. Solving people's problems for them. Putting more interest and activity into a joint effort than the other person does. Not asking for what we need, want, and desire. By the way, I highlighted that one in particular, you guys, because I did not do that. And I've already shared with you guys why I didn't do that. But I think it's really important that we're all aware of this list, especially for Christians, that we don't, that we're mindful of ourselves in this way. So are you doing any of these things? Ask yourself the question. So she goes, ah, um, we rescue whenever we take care of other people. At the time we rescue our or caretake, we may feel one or more of the following feelings. Discomfort and awkwardness about the other person's dilemma. Urgency to do something. Pity. Guilt. Saintliness. Anxiety. Extreme responsibility for that person or problem. Fear. A sense of being forced or compelled to do something. Mild or severe reluctance to do anything. More competency. More competency than the person we are helping. Oh man, you guys, that's I got a story for that, but I ain't gonna share it right now. Or occasional resentment at being put in this position, right? And then she was just saying, you know, um, situations where our assistance is legitimately wanted and needed and we want to give that assistance, that's the good stuff. That's And that is not rescuing or caretaking, okay? She goes, caretaking, um, requires incompetency on the part of the person being taken care of. We rescue victims, people who people who we believe are not capable of being responsible for themselves. And I was like, dang, Lord, oh my God, forgive me for that. Have I ever thought, thought that way about somebody? That was never my intention. But when I looked at it through that light, I was like, wow, I could see why someone could feel, you know, like, you know, I made them feel like they weren't enough. I totally get it now. I never saw it before. This type of information was never presented to me. And the soil that I had been formed in, sure the heck was perfect, perfect ingredients for creating a codependent individual. So um, let's talk about the, the persecutor really quick to you guys. This is this one's pretty self-explanatory. And then tomorrow we'll talk a little bit more about kind of how to get out of those roles. And we're gonna be talking about the empowerment triangle. So let's talk about persecutor. So who's the persecutor? The one who caused the wound, right? They're the jerk. <laughs> they are the jerk. And I would turn into the jerk. Like I would go from the rescuer to the victim to the jerk in like, boom, three seconds, boom, 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 boom. And that's the thing. Anybody can play any of these roles within seconds. It's not just like you're this one day. It can happen in moments, especially if you start paying attention to yourself, you know, and being aware. And that's one of the ingredients we talked about in the beginning of the podcast when I started this life coaching series is being self-aware. It's absolutely vital. That is part of self-control. It's part of the whole, it's part of the fruit of the spirit. You got to be willing to face the emotions that God died for. Does that make sense? 
The Lord felt everything that we felt. He knows what you're feeling when you face yourself. He felt all the condemnation and shame. Come on, he was a human being. Think about all the stuff Jesus went through when he was here. Through his relationship with his family, the Pharisees, all this kind of stuff. So we can learn a lot from the Lord in that way. Um, and he expressed his feelings. He was very just straight up. I mean, he even told God in the garden, if it's possible, God, take this cup from me, but let your will be done. You know, and so anyway, you guys, you have to be willing to face yourself in that way. And I love how Jesus is our example for that. He faced himself before God, even when he felt like giving up on the thing that God told him to do. Right. You may feel like giving up on yourself because you don't like feeling the emotions of facing yourself in this way. But this is this is the soil for self-control. This is the soil for freedom. Right? You've got to be able, this is the soil for God's grace and his love. How are you going to know he's a God of grace and that he can give you peace that transcends understanding when you're not able to give him the emotions that would tell you otherwise, if that makes any sense? So again, the persecutor is just the jerk in the scenario. They're, they're the ones who, um, you know, are always, I don't know, I guess you could say, um, they, they are very one up to the victim, but they do it differently than the rescuer. Um, the rescuer's like, oh, you know, kind of like babies people. And then the persecutor's like, you idiot, what the heck is wrong with you? You know, you shouldn't be doing that. You know what I mean? And so it's a little bit different approach um, as far as how uh, the persecutor and the rescuer approach the victim, right? Um, and so, and you can, like I said, you can really play all of these roles, you know, um, within seconds of, of each other. Um, I did that. I returned to the persecutor when I realized that my helping and my free advice giving was not being utilized. And then the same people would call me and talk to me about the same old things and nothing is changing and they're still the same. And I would get frustrated. Like we've already had this conversation and, and I never set limits on anything. Right. I just did whatever because I felt like that's what it's a Christian thing to do. Right. Lay your life down, serve other people, help them to the most extreme, bend over backwards. Right. Do all these things. But then I never acknowledged the frustration that I had within myself. And when God gives, you know, God doesn't do it reluctantly. He, he doesn't give. He's not compulsive like we are. God doesn't give against his will. You know, that's a human trait. That's not God's trait. You know, God gives fully because he understands fully. A lot of times we can give, but we can do it out of ignorance. We can do it out of fear. Um, we can do it out of wanting to be approved or accepted. I've done that, you guys. Um doing out of, you know, I got to be the example for the people. I got to look like Jesus. Well, Jesus wasn't, Jesus didn't treat people like victims. Um, Jesus, Jesus, he uh, rescued people, but uh, he didn't persecute them after he healed them, right? Oh, I healed you. And then he um, he would ask people, what do you need? What do you want? Right? He, he demanded people to take responsibility for the healing that they were seeking from him, right? I mean, he would ask them questions. So, you know, the, and the Lord doesn't want us to be victims. Victims get taken advantage of. Um, they feel you, they, you don't feel empowered, right? Oh, I can't do nothing. Nothing ever works out for me. You know, it's, it's not an empowering mindset, you guys. So I hope I explained this well enough for you guys today, the, the drama triangle. Um, that's kind of how I, I've fallen into all three roles. So you guys ask yourself some questions today. Have you ever felt like, woe is me? Have you ever tried to rescue and help somebody without asking permission? And have you ever just like turned on somebody because they didn't receive it? And just be super angry and start to criticize and you know all that kind of stuff have you been the persecutor you know and uh if we're really honest you guys we've all we've done all three roles you know and that's okay there's no shame in that um i respect anybody who can acknowledge you know where they're at in life and, and then you know be able to take the 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 step they need to take 
Um, we don't have to stay stuck in this, you guys. We look at the world today, and we—I mean, if you—if you—if you're open and receptive to this information, you can definitely see it playing out in our culture and society. And so, we definitely need to be aware of these things, so we can, so we don't breed more and more disempowerment and more, you know, social dependency in this way. We need people who know themselves, who can own God's grace, who are healed, and who are empowering themselves making progress moving forward Our, don't don't you guys want that for your children i want that for my children i want my children to know themselves and be confident secure in who they are but i gotta be aware of you know uh, myself and i gotta be aware of this i gotta be aware of these things so we can talk about it and you really just you know continue grow and mature out of those roles so anyway you guys have an awesome rest of the day thank you guys for listening to the podcast I'll continue to like like it, share it. I think you can't really like it on here, right? You got to leave a review. Whatever platform you listen to the podcast on, if you guys could leave, leave a review for me, that would be awesome. It does boost it does boost the algorithm, you guys. So if you guys can help me with that. Um, I hope you guys have an awesome rest of the week. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about the empowerment triangle, talking a little bit more about how to get out of these three roles and really the, the, the empowerment. You know, the empowerment is where it needs to be, you guys. Um because God has a plan for all of us. And so that means we gotta just really take full responsibility for ourselves in this way, you guys. So anyway, thank you for listening today, you guys. Hope you have a wonderful rest of the day and I will see you guys tomorrow.